Howdy folks, welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Episode 133 coming up, but first, you can feedback me at Teal Productions on Twitter, Teal is T-E-A-L. On Facebook, Teal Productions and Lords of Order have pages. The email address is the Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com. The website is bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate. And we have forums at justanotherfanboy.freeforums.net. Justice League of America, issue 100, the first volume of the book. Cover dated August 1972, on sale June 20th, 1972, courtesy of uh, those dates, courtesy of Mike's Amazing World of Comics. The Unknown Soldier of Victory is the title of the story, and this comes to us from Len Wein scripting, Dick Dillon penciling, Joe Giella inking, Ben Oda lettering, and Nick Cardi covering for those of you that do want to hopefully find reprints. Uh, I apologize. I don't think I spoke about reprints for World's Finest last episode. But this episode, DC Special Blue Ribbon Digest from 1981, issue number 11. Crisis on Multiple Earths from 2004, issue number 3. Showcase presents Justice League of America from 2011. Number 5. Justice League of America, The Bronze Age Omnibus from 2017. Number 1. The DC Universe by Len Wein, April 2019. And Crisis on Multiple Earths from March 2022. Number 2. All of those put out by DC Comics, uh, as was this issue. So, on the cover, we have... All new stories, Justice League of America. And on the left-hand side, our dramatis personae include Superman, Batman, The Flash, Green Lantern, and Green Arrow. Now, in the cover, in the cover, in on the cover, I should say, is a tomb. Here lies the unknown soldier of victory. To the left of that are standing Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, and Superman. To the right of that, Dr. Midnight, Starman, Dr. Fate, and Wonder Woman. But above it, in ghostly form, are the Star-Spangled Kid and Stripesy, Vigilante, the Shining Knight, the Crimson Avenger, and Green Arrow and Speedy. Now, the headstone is what says, Here lies the unknown soldier of victory. Where the coffin would be is a placard that says, 33 Heroes, the greatest gathering of superstars ever recorded. The 10th annual team-up of the Justice League and Justice Society in search of the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Open up inside front cover is an ad for Chop Cycles, which are described as Rip Snorting Three-Wheeled Sizzlers Powered Racing Machine. And it looks like maybe you hook them up to a battery and then let it go, and it, it has its own juice for a little while. Story page, you are cordially invited to attend the greatest single gathering of superheroes ever recorded, the 100th anniversary of the Justice League of America. And this page is a reproduction of the cover. Heroes, uh, the Earth-1 JLA heroes to the left, Earth-2 JSA heroes to the right, and Misty above are the seven soldiers of victory. The narrator tells us on a lonely, windswept mountain peak, a solitary grave stands in mute testimony to the courage of a man, 
a warrior who fell in defense of his world, whose name is known only to God. Now, after many long years, others come in search of this doomed champion's forgotten identity. Can even the greatest heroes of two different Earths uncover the secret of the unknown soldier of victory? 22,300 miles above Earth's emerald surface. Every time I see the satellite, it says that. 22,300 miles. Uh, we flash to the meeting room. Nobody's in the meeting room. Nobody's on the satellite because voices can be heard echoing through a great granite chamber, the original mountain sanctuary of the JLA. And I believe this is in, what was it, Happy Harbor, Rhode Island, maybe? Aquaman is saying our 100th, uh, the first panel shows Aquaman, Black Canary, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and Hawkman. Our 100th meeting, I can hardly believe it. Seems like only yesterday that we first came together. Who said, or who was it that said time flies? Green Arrow says, probably Methuselah. But what did he know? Feels like a million years since I started slinging that bow of mine. So they go back and forth a little bit, exchanging quips here, and suddenly the phone rings and Hawkman says, the telephone? How can that be? We had it disconnected months ago. Hawkman, Hawkman lifts it up, and out of the receiver shoots the atom which is a particular trick he has traveling the phone lines. He can travel from phone to phone in the phone line. He jumps out. We then start seeing others that have been invited to this 100th anniversary meeting of the League. First up is the Flash and Elongated Man, who are in Central City subduing some thugs. Then light years away is the Martian Manhunter, but he's thinking, mm, I wish I could be there, but I can't because I have to rebuild a world Next up is Metamorpho, flying away from Simon Stagg's estate. Snapper Carr, imagine, after the way I betrayed them, the JLA still invited me to their 100th anniversary. I'd give my right arm to go, but I can't. After what I did to them, I just couldn't face them again. And Snapper's betrayal occurred in issue 77, which, looking at my little list here, was just a couple issues after... Uh, 33, 32, 31, 30. After episode 129, where I spoke about Justice League issue 74. So between 74 and 82, Snapper betrayed the Justice League. Boo. Batman is up next. Subduing, subduing some thugs uh, that are wielding guns. Then off to the planet Ran, which is uh, circling the Alpha Centauri system for... Alana and Adam Strange's interaction, but the effects of the Zeta Beam will not wear off in time for Adam Strange to return, so he won't be attending. Next panel, we see a few more of those gathered. Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, Aquaman, Black Canary, Green Arrow, and Superman, and suddenly, poof, Zatanna uh, teleports in. Batman and a depowered Diana Prince walk in. They start the festivities with the Green Arrow starting to cut the cake, but then he turns the cutter over to the girls, uh, Zatanna, Diana Prince, and Black Canary. They start to cut the cake, but then everything goes black, and our Justice Leaguers present, who include Metamorpho, Hawkman, Aquaman, Batman, Superman, Zatanna, Diana Prince, Black Canary, Elongated Man, Flash, Green Lantern, and Green Arrow all shimmy out, disappear, and reappear on Earth 2. Gathered at Earth 2 waiting for them is 
Dr. Fate, Johnny Thunder, Sandman, Wildcat, Red Tornado, Starman, Dr. Midnight, Wonder Woman, and Our Man. But before we get into that, we have to look at the ad for the Imposters, Cars That Change. Tame-looking cars that change into mean racing machine from Aurora. All right, so now the JLA is asking the JSA, Yo, dogs, what is up? It's good to see you, but you just jerked us out of our festivities, man, and uh, you didn't ask. So Dr. Fate stands up and says, We have need of your help, Aquaman. The sort of help only you and your colleagues can give. Come. I will show you what I mean. And Dr. Fate conjures an image of the Earth from space. And around the Earth, we see that it is clasped in a huge hand. This is why I brought you here, Justice League. You reason my mystic powers snatched you from a, uh, the reason my mystic powers snatched you from across the dimensional barriers. Look upon the hand that holds the Earth. Twice have we tried to release the evil hand's grip upon our world, and twice have we failed. We are in sore need of help, my friends. That is why we turn to you. Green Lantern says, I'm not certain we could fare any better, Dr. Fate, unless we know more about that hand. What's it made of? Where does it come from? Our man jumps up and says, we're trying to puzzle out those same questions, Green Lantern. All we do know is it belongs to a menace who calls himself the Iron Hand. He's given us 48 hours to turn supreme dominion of Earth over to him. Or that fantastic fist will close and crush our planet to atoms. Brief interlude for superhero stick-ons. Stick your favorites up on the wall. All kinds of superheroes that uh, you can stick on your wall. You can order them from Our Way Studios of New York, New York. A box in Grand Central Station, actually. Moving back to the story, Dr. Fate explains, You see then our predicament. We are confronted by questions that cry out for answers, but there are none to be had. In desperation, I turned to my mystic crystal in hopes of a solution, but this is what was revealed. Hawkman says, a grave? Zatanna, that inscription, what does it mean? And it is the inscription of the grave that we have seen on the cover and on the first splash page. Again, I know not. I could pierce the crystal veil no further. But with your presence here, Zatanna, the scales may at least be tripped tipped in our favor, Dr. Fate says. Me? What can I do that Dr. Fate can't? He continues, somewhere beyond the mists of time and space exists the entity known as Oracle. From whom? No, not that Oracle. This is a different one. From whom no secrets are withheld. My own abilities are not potent enough to penetrate the barrier, but were we to add your powers, Zatanna, along with those of Johnny Thunder's genie-like servant to my own, we might have a chance. Johnny Thunder jumps at the chance, snapping his fingers and saying, T-Bolt, Dr. Fate, and the gang need your help. That's what I'm here for, Bright Eyes, he says as he appears. So Dr. Fate, Zatanna, and Thunderbolt have joined hands, and Dr. Fate is calling on the Oracle who suddenly appears. He's a disembodied kind of figure with purplish red robes, very, very long blonde hair, eyebrows, mustache and beard, very long nails, and his eyes are blue but with planets in, in the eye sockets in that blue field. So he's got kind of a freaky look. So he, Dr. Fate, beseeches and the Oracle says, ah, but I cannot give away the future. And Sandman is like, well then, you know, what good are you, dog? 
Oracle is like, ah, but I can give you information for what has occurred. Now hang with me as I elucidate you, dude. No, he doesn't say dude. And actually, he doesn't say elucidate either. That was all me. Many of your years ago, a menace similar to the one you now face bestrode your world. The awesome giant Earthman, the Nebula Man, starts the Oracle. Many of your people fell before the might of this bizarre conqueror until there was only a handful who dared stand against him. This is the Seven Soldiers of Victory. But those valiant warriors were not to be defeated again. They rose in combat after having defeated him once with a new weapon at their command, with one of them sacrificing his life to use that secret weapon to full effect. Such was the courage of the Seven Soldiers of Victory. And they all start thinking, well... Mainly the Earth-2 people, because um, the Seven Soldiers were never an Earth-1 construct. So, uh, And they're thinking, well, you know, that's interesting, because I don't know anything about that. And the Oracle says, yes, I know. No, I, I don't know. But he, he his speech borders are surrounded in a uh, reddish hue. So his, his voice is weird. Um, he tells them, the seven soldiers of victory were not unlike yourselves. Bold adventurers gathered together in the name of freedom. And he speaks each of their names. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep, there are seven of them here. It still doesn't explain why none of us can remember those dudes, Green Arrow says. Oracle tells him the reason, Green Arrow, is simple. You do not recall the seven soldiers because they no longer exist. And Wonder Woman, for the first time, speaks up. Oh, the seven soldiers were... Our only hope of destroying that horrible hand. If they're dead, so are our so are our chances for survival. Again, is Oracle misunderstood? I meant merely that the seven soldiers did not exist in this world any longer. At no point did Oracle mention their deaths. So he's starting to refer to himself in the third person, right? They are gone, elongated man, from this time and this place. Mighty were the forces unleashed in their climactic battle against the Hellspawn Nebula Man. Forces which tore apart the very fabric of their existences and hurled them headlong through time's infinite corridors. So in defeating the Nebula Man, they were all displaced in, in time... Um, and space to some extent. Uh, they're all probably still on the Earth, uh, not on like Earth-1 or anything like that, but all displaced in time. So basically, we get down to the fact after some going back and forth that there are seven soldiers in seven places, and you need to take your 21 members and divide up into seven teams. So three to each team, or so it would seem, except there will be a change to that. Batman, Starman, and Hourman is a team. Hawkman, Dr. Midnight, and Wonder Woman. Earth 2, Wonder Woman. Elongated Man and Dr. Fate. Flash, Red Tornado, and Zatanna. Wildcat, Green Lantern, and Aquaman. Johnny Thunder, Black Canary, and Green Arrow. Superman, Metamorpho, and Sandman. Those are our teams. Except for... Diana Prince, Earth-1 Wonder Woman, who, probably because she is depowered, she says, there should be someone left to brief anyone else who might arrive after you've departed, because Batman asks her to join he, Starman, and Hourman. She says, uh-uh. Oracle dispatches them, but first, well, not first, but on their journey, he is still journeying with them, and he lets them know, turn back to a time, this is the origin of the Seven Soldiers, as a team. When this master manipulator had gathered under him the five greatest menaces your world had then known. Uh, this is the hand. So they gathered together and 
attempt some huge nefarious plot, but Green Arrow and Speedy defeat Professor Merlin. Star-Spangled Kid and Stripesy defeat the Needle. Shining Knight defeats Red Dragon. Crimson Avenger and Wing defeat Big Caesar. The Vigilante defeats the Dummy. And so they are all, they beat the hand and at the last minute, uh, the, they defeat the hand's plan and at the last minute defeat the hand. And then at the behest of Shining Knight, they decide to stay together as a team. Now go, you have missions. And our first mission is Dr. Fate, the Adam and Elongated Man. They wind up somewhere in Mexico, probably the Yucatan. That typically is where they like to go in Mexico. Uh, during the reign of the Aztec, and they see that the Crimson Avenger has set himself up as king of the Aztecs. Uh, they sneak into his pyramid and attempt to talk to him on the DL, but he jumps up and says, Guards! Guards! Intruders! And he whammies them with bolts of energy, which uh, Crimson Avenger can't do, so something must be going on here in the land of the Aztec. Elongated Man and Dr. Fader chained to the wall. The Atom escaped because he shrunk, just as Crimson Avenger attacked. So, fate. And Ralph tried to talk to the Crimson Avenger to no avail. He calls his guards and starts to attack them again as they're restrained, but they break the restraints. Uh, elongated Man takes out the guard. Dr. Fate, with the assistance of the Atom, takes on the Crimson Avenger. They knock him out, and in trying to search around, you know, hey, what's wrong with him? How, how does he have these abilities? They find a strange glowing rock, which, turn, which turns out to be a portion of the Nebula Man that was in the vicinity of the Crimson Avenger. So they destroy that rock, and it frees him from its effects. Uh, they catch him up, catch Crimson Avenger up on everything as they know it, as they have been told by the Oracle. And the end of our story, we cut to the dude who is the Iron Hand. And he's, I don't know, just a dude. Looks like he's got a big metallic gauntlet on his right hand. And the emblem on his chest is a white circle with an enclosed fist in it. So I don't know who that is, if we should know him or, or recognize him from somewhere else, Earth 1, Earth 2, or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm not familiar enough. The book closes with the letters page, who has, let's see, letters from Rush Glick, David Dosh, Susan Bregman, and Richard Morrissey. I believe that's the first time we've mentioned a female. So there we go. They included a woman's letter or a girl's letter, whichever. An ad for the ocean and the field hard plastic playsets. The ocean has ships and planes predominantly, and the open field have tanks uh, with a few handful of soldiers. The famous name prizes or cash from Olympic. You sell product. Let's see, what do you sell here? There's still Christmas cards and all occasion cards, and based on how many you sell, you are warranted certain rewards, products. So all you have to do, you Pick out what you want to work towards. You sell that many cards, and you can claim that as your your prize. The insult that made a man out of Mac uh, is next up. This is the Charles Atlas ad with the black and white little cartoon of dude getting sand kicked in his face, and he bulks up and then goes to the beach and uh, whammos the dude in the chin. Back cover is an ad for Monogram Mattel Snap Tight 
construction machines. Extreme shovel, boss bulldozer, mountain mover, and screaming skip shovel. I remember these. remember seeing these in the store. Used to go to a store here in the country called Murphy Mart. I'm not sure how many. Some of you other folks that are, are country folk may remember Murphy Mart. I don't believe it ever made it to big cities or anything like that. That was a, a general uh product store where I grew up in a little town named Beckley, West Virginia. It was actually two levels. It had street level and then it had a basement level. And that was always cool. It had a restaurant attached. It sold like a little stand that had peanuts and a little stand that had candies and stuff like that. Pretty, pretty cool concept as I was growing up. Uh, much more inviting than the sterile going online and buying it and having it mailed to you, although uh, you can't beat that convenience as I have been doing that in preparation for Christmas, so very, very convenient. All right, uh, I think that's everything uh, that I wanted to get out to you guys. Talked about the reprints this time. I keep forgetting to do that. I, I need to make a note to try to do that more consistently. Next time out will be Justice League of America, the 1960 volume, issue 102. And as this is issue 100, it appears that we're skipping a title of uh, an issue. So I will read that issue and, and you know, just give you the, the real, real brief summation of that. Apparently, uh, Dr. Fate doesn't appear in that. So in order to continue the story, again, not to leave you hanging, I'll, I'll catch up real quickly on what happened. Probably the teams and who they got. And then we will return covering Dr. Fate with issue 102. So I'll talk to you guys about that next time. Ciao.